Hi, I'm Steve Lance, your host of the Capitol Report on NTD News. If you have not done so yet, please hit that subscribe button to stay up to date with all of the latest news coming out of the nation's capital and beyond. Congress has codified same-sex marriage, sending it off to the White House to become law. But concerns still linger over protections for religious liberty. NTD's Melina Wisecup joins us from the Capitol with more. Melina, what exactly can you tell us about this bill uh, moving forward? This bill requires all 50 states to recognize same-sex marriage if it was legal in the state in which it was performed, but it does not require all states to legalize same-sex marriage. However, it does alter the federal definition of a marriage by repealing the Defense of Marriage Act, which specifically defines marriage as a union between one man and one woman. Democrats held a formal ceremony today after the passage of this bill, and it was a bipartisan bill. There were 39 House Republicans who joined with House Democrats to pass it. And on top of that, there were 12 Republicans in the Senate which approved of this measure uh, last week. Here's House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's comments on the passage of this bill earlier today. Landmark law, change in the law uh, for full equality. Now the federal government will never stand in the way of anyone marrying the person you love. Now, the House did previously pass this bill, but they had to vote on it again today after the Senate made changes to it. Those changes that were made were meant to address some religious liberty issues, which were raised by some Republicans. And while those changes were made to further ensure protections for religious groups, some conservative organizations are still saying it doesn't do enough. For example, a conservative legal organization called the Alliance Defending Freedom argues that it could make religious freedom and free speech cases harder to win because they say it embeds a false definition of marriage in the American legal fabric. But nonetheless, it is off to the White House now where President Biden is expected to sign it. And in another key vote, the House today passed the National Defense Authorization Act for 2023 with overwhelming bipartisan support. It in this bill repeals the vaccine mandate for military members. There were about 200 Democrats who voted to pass this. Some Democrats on the floor saying that they believe the vaccine mandate served its purpose while it was there, but that it's not needed anymore. And in addition, this bill also bars U.S. manufacturers from using Chinese-made uh, semiconductors, which is, an, which is just one step closer towards pulling our critical manufacturing out of China and bringing it here back home, which is an effort that has also garnered overwhelming bipartisan support. The bill also includes around $10 billion to boost Taiwan's defense capabilities. But the catch is Congress still needs to pass the annual government funding bill in order for the Pentagon to get the money to implement these new policies and right now that bill is tied up and not looking like it's going anywhere. Here's Senate Leader Chuck Schumer today on the floor speaking on the urgent need to get this done. And we need to do whatever it takes to make that happen. We need to make sure our whole government is postured to compete with China, both at DOD and across the government. We need to fund our efforts to assist the Ukrainians. We need to fund our new communities and our friends in Taiwan. And lawmakers still have not agreed on a top-line number for that government funding bill. And if they can't reach a deal on that, they will have to pass another short-term funding bill um, with less than 10 days to get this done until a government shutdown kicks in. Reporting in Washington, D.C., Melina Wisecup, NTD News. And now that the White House has passed the same-sex marriage bill, it's heading to President Biden's desk for his signature. If it does become law, it would have major consequences for religious communities and organizations. 
Troy Miller is the CEO of NRB, National Religious Broadcasters, and we had a chance to sit down with him to discuss. Here's a look. Troy Miller, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here today. If you could, tell us a little bit about this bill. There's a lot of mixed reaction in the uh, faith community, and where do you stand? Yeah, there is a lot of mixed reaction, a lot of misunderstanding about the bill and what the bill really does. Uh, first of all, we don't believe the bill was really necessary to begin with. We think it's a it's a push, and we think it's kind of even the Respect for Marriage Act is kind of an erroneous title for the bill because it's really about pushing beliefs on other people, uh, people that don't hold those kind of beliefs. So the bill itself codifies into law that same-sex unions uh, must be recognized by uh, federal government and state government entities and state-to-state -state entities. So, so that's kind of what they say the bill was about. They kind of tossed in this interracial marriages in there as well. Uh, again, an issue that really didn't need to be addressed or covered in, the, in America. But then the bill goes on to do some really kind of sort of, we think, sinister sort of things in the fact that it opens up what we believe the avenue for litigation or for civil suits if you don't agree or affirm same-sex marriages. So that's our concern. That's a concern of a lot of the religious community, the ecumenical community on this bill. And the legal scholars have looked at that and said, yeah, that's really an open issue. Bring us back through history. How were these rights and religious liberties traditionally uh, protected? Yeah, so it's it's kind of really interesting because the, the right of conscience, the right to free exercise of religion, the right of freedom of speech have, have really always been protected under the law. There are many court cases that have said religious institutions can hire who they want to hire um, and they cannot hire who they want to hire. And so they've always had this kind of carve-outs in the law and some folks in the Congress brought that up and said, oh, the religious institutes have all these, but this is a little bit different. So we've seen this evolution that has gone from, oh, you have these protections under the law to, to do this, but we've seen this just sort of constant chipping away at it, this constant sort of attack. And I think that's because, you know, the Christian worldview is kind of the last firewall that stands against this kind of leftist, woke, kind of Marxist agenda that's moving its way through the institutions uh, of America and through the halls of Congress quite honestly. And it sounds like, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, that it's going to put religious believers in a situation where they almost have to betray their conscience and at the same time exposing them to potential liability. Yeah, we think that's the actual purpose of the law, that the real kind of issue behind the law itself is to push Christians to betray their conscience, to betray their beliefs, or put them in this kind of, you know, threatening situation. Well, if you don't betray that, if you don't affirm same-sex unions, then you're going to be subject to all these civil lawsuits. You could even possibly be subject to losing government funding, grants, even though the law sounds like it says it protects those things in there. It really doesn't protect those unless you're being forced to celebrate or participate in the unions. But let me give you an example. So an adoption agency, I happen to be an adopted father of four adopted kids. So an adopted agency that's a Christian adoption agency that believes that the nuclear family unit is a father and a mother raising children. And that's their, their deeply held religious belief, their deeply held conviction from the Bible. So they say, look, we don't do adoptions for same-sex couples. 
There are other agencies, here's some referrals, you can go here and get those adoptions. Um, so rather than those couples going to the other agency, no, 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 you need to affirm us as a same-sex couple, we're gonna bring a lawsuit against you. You see how there's a difference there? They're really not participating in the, in the marriage, they're not being forced to participate in the marriage, but they're being forced to, to believe or to do something that violates their beliefs. So this bill has passed, uh, is there any recourse? Well, I think a, a recourse is going to come in the courts. This is this bill is going to get challenged. There will be organizations that will will bring up these cases against Christian entities, Christian organizations. It's going to end up in the courts, and ultimately the courts are going to have to decide it. But in the meantime, organizations who really do hold to firm biblical beliefs that the nuclear family is a man and a woman raising children, and that's the kind of core of our society, and they hold that because that's their that's their interpretation and belief that the, their scriptures tell them whether they're they're Christian or Muslim or 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 Jewish you know that's their beliefs they need to shore up their statements of faith and their missions of their organizations to state that outright so that they have some religious grounds to stand on when these suits come to say no this is why we hold this belief because this is in our scriptures our text this is what we believe Troy Miller thank you so much thank you Texas Republicans in Congress are unveiling a new framework aimed at protecting the southern border. They want to finish building the border wall, reinstate the Remain in Mexico policy, and keep Title 42. To discuss this new plan, we spoke with one of the congressmen who proposed it, Congressman Brian Babin. Here's a look. Congressman Brian Babin, thank you so much for taking some time for us. Great to be out here this morning, Steve. Good to see you. Congressman, you're unveiling a plan with your uh, fellow uh, Texas congressmen and women. Could you tell us exactly what uh, your plans are for the border? Well, it's, it, it's a it's a multifaceted plan, and it, it includes really nothing different, uh, uh, really to speak of, than, than the commitment to America. I, I, was, uh, I served on the task force uh, of our national security uh, uh, task force force that the uh, that our leadership had put together uh, last year and uh, and we have worked so very hard to come up with a plan that includes uh, border security we want to make sure as Texans uh, we have the largest Republican delegation in the Congress we want to make sure that the people of Texas understand that we members of Congress who represent uh, the state of the great state of Texas know that we have a plan equally as good and that uh, we want to uh, ensure that we build the wall, that we re-implement uh, uh, Remain in Mexico, that policy that worked. Title 42 should never go away. Uh, we keep hearing from the from the president that the pandemic's still going on, uh, and yet they want to dispense with Title 42, which can turn people back during a pandemic. We want to stop catch and release. We want to make sure that the illegalities that are going on, they're supposed to be under Mayorkas, Secretary they're supposed to be detaining every uh, illegal alien that comes across that border and asks for asylum. They they parole them, humanitarian parole. It's a made up, it's a made up thing. It, it, it doesn't follow the law, and uh, the, we know that Secretary Mayorkas and Joe Biden have both repeatedly said that our our border is secure, that they have operational control of our border, and they Mayorkas has even said that under oath. That is inexcusable to be lying, because no one believes that this border uh, is secure. 
especially the illegal aliens and the cartels. They know this border is not secure. They're reaping billions of dollars worth of profits. A uh, hundred thousand Americans a year are dying of drug overdoses, that are most of, of which is coming across the southern border. You've had uh, 800 uh, dead uh, migrants themselves, their bodies found on, on both sides of the border. And uh, for some reason, a national security is border security, and border security is national security. And for some reason, our president and his secretary of Homeland Security cannot understand that. They're more interested in opening our borders up to get more people in here and put them on a path to citizenship, which they're trying to do right now over in the Senate, uh, to put them on a path to citizenship and have the vote. Uh, I believe in immigration. My own daughter-in-law is a, is a naturalized citizen, but it has to be done legally. Legally, and when you have millions and millions of people swarming across this border, uncontrolled, you have no idea. They're ter we know terrorists have come across us. We've caught them. Uh, we know that criminals, tens of thousands of criminals convicted, have come across because we have caught them. How many have not been caught in the million gotaways uh, that we, uh, we know have come across? Uh, it, it's inexcusable. On the issue of uh, fentanyl, it's obviously killing uh, thousands of Americans. Right. Um, are you seeing enough, or is there a plan uh, from the president uh, that that you're satisfied with? Well, I tell you, I don't see much plan. I don't see uh, a plan that is specific. Uh, I know that our DEA, I know that our Border Patrol, I know the, the, the guys that are down there and the ladies that, are, that, that work so hard to try to secure our border, in many cases their hands are tied by this administration, not allowed to do their duty, not allowed to capture people uh, and, and stop folks from coming across and turning them back is what they should be doing. Uh, and, simply for, uh, you know, the, the fiction that, uh, that the, they want to be humanitarian. There is nothing humane about the border under Joe Biden. It is anything but humane, anything but compassionate. We are seeing dead people raped, murdered, maimed. Uh, we see dope uh, coming across the drugs. As you said, the fentanyl has killed, uh, if, if, you, if you add up the fentanyl, it's probably killed 75 to 80,000 Americans last year. If you add in the cocaine and the other drugs that are coming in, it was 100 and almost 108,000 people died last year of drug overdoses. And of course, as I said, most of that is, is, is uh, happening because of fentanyl. And uh, the best friend the drug cartels in Mexico have had have been Joe Biden and his policies. They have been the last link in the chain of human uh, trafficking and drug smuggling, and it is inexcusable, and they need to start doing and abiding, abiding by their oaths of office and secure this border. I just want to thank everybody for listening to this episode. If you enjoy our content, please leave us a rating and a review as it really goes a long way in helping us spread the truth. Until next time, I'm your host, Steve Lance at NTD, and we'll see you soon. Thank you.